I think as it comes time for the Christian to not only imitate Christ, but we have to follow Christ. I think Christianity is an imitation of Jesus Christ. A true Christian will imitate what the Bible teaches about Christ. Follow Christ as I uh, follow me as I follow Christ, as what Paul said. And so he lives in us through his resurrection uh, because we've received him by faith. If we've trusted in Jesus alone to save us, then guess what? We're saved according to the word of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, that's a good thing to know. Because I could never earn my way to God. Nobody could. And so, here we are. We're on Sunday morning, serving the Lord, coming before His presence with singing. And we're worshiping the Lord. We're praising the Lord. We're thanking the Lord. We're trusting the Lord. And Paul emphasizes three things in keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Number one, there's a conflict going on. We're in a battle. It's not maybe a physical battle that we carry rifles into battle, but we're in the Lord's army. We're fighting against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. We're in a spiritual battle. And the devil is trying to obstruct God's justice. The devil's trying to ruin God's peace in the lives of people. And sometimes we, as I've mentioned before, like Henny Penny, and the sky is falling, there's nothing we can do, and all we did is get hit in the head with an apple. God's got everything into control in his hand. Nothing happens without his approval. Did you hear that? Nothing happens without God's approval. God allows us to go through some difficult times so that we appreciate what he's doing. In verse number 16, the Bible says very clearly, For this I say, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There is a war going on inside every believer. The Greek word contrary means to be opposite or to be in continual opposition. The old you and the new you don't get along at all. Ever been somebody in your life you didn't get along with? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. And if it's me, don't tell me either. <laughs> Inside every person, there is a battle going on. The spirit and the flesh are warring against each other. It would have been easier to set the clock back two hours... Or not to set it at all. This is the one that we don't tell people about because they'll show up early. But in the spring, we have to prod and try to get everybody to set their clocks ahead because that's the one everybody misses. Just do away with daylight savings time altogether. <laughs> you know, one of these days when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any clocks on the wall. Oh, you did set it. Okay, good. You know, when we get to heaven, there is no time like we have here. But while we're here, are we doing things decently and in order? Are we following in the principles of, of the Spirit's leading in our life? And so we're, we're on the cusp of a civil war once again in our country, but in our lives, 
we're in a, a civil war constantly. The spirit and the flesh are at odds every day. They're contrary. And whichever one I give in to is the one I serve. I didn't lose my flesh when I got saved. Praise the Lord. But I have to surrender to the spirit. I have to give in to the spirit. Paul says, I die daily. Mortify the members in your body. In other words, put to death those things. Not be suicidal, not be homicidal, but put to death those things that don't glorify the Lord. And when we do that, it's easier to surrender to the things of the Lord. But if we don't do that, guess what? We're going to be overtaken with fleshly appetites. And so we'll discover some things. There's all kinds of opposition. There's all kinds of enemies that will try to keep us from walking in the Spirit. They hinder our attempt in the victorious Christian life. I want to be victorious in Jesus Christ. We're more than conquerors. That's what the Bible says. If you're saved, you're more than a conqueror. Now, how do you, how do you achieve such notoriety as being more than a conqueror? In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. That's the only way. There's an external enemy. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It's called the world. He says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, John tells us here to not love the world. The Greek word here for world can mean several things. The earth. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 says, God that hath made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. Didn't we just sing something like that? In him should not perish, but have uh, oh, I'd skip down. Uh, I'll get to that one in a minute. Um, it's the eye. Uh, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So the earth could be meaning what he's talking about the world or the human race. But wait a minute. John 3, 16 is in the word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's us. I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. We're whosoever's. Believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But then there's a third meaning of the world in the context that we're talking about. The evil system opposed to God. Verse number 15 of 1 John chapter 2 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. So did you know living the Christian life involves careful interaction with the world, but not being submerged by it. We have to live in this world. I mean, we're not going to live in something down in deep water, seven miles below, as they want to put a city down there. I mean, that would be a nice place to live, I guess. Awful lonely, though. Can't go outside and play. They want to put a city on Mars. They want to put a city on the moon. They want to put all kinds of things to escape this earth that God has created for us. Actually, it's created for his glory. Did you know you were created for God's glory? We're the pinnacle of his creation. I know you thought it was your dog or your cat. Where's Sue? 
No, we're, we're created, right, Stevie Joe? <laughs> we're created for God's glory. And did you know he wants to do something special with us? You know, we think about this world in which we live, and it seems to get worse and worse, and it's going to Hades in a handbasket every single day. You hate to even listen or watch or read the news. But did you know we're called to be in the world but not of the world? As a Christian, we have to interact with people that are in this world. And it seems like the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the things are going to get worse and worse. Perilous times, as Timothy says, it's going to get worse and worse. We don't need to get worse and worse. Christians don't need to act like the world and get worse and worse. But there's an infernal enemy, the devil. Peter warns believers that Satan prowls around like a lion seeking to devour someone. 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I like to watch those animal shows as they show lions getting ready to creep up on the gazelle that's on the, wheel, on the plane there. But they don't show the actual attack. Sometimes they'll just oh, they'll fade away and go to a commercial as that lion gets ready to pounce. But sometimes that gazelle gets away. And he has to look for food, or she, the lioness, has to look for food somewhere else to feed her young. And we feel so bad, but wait a minute, what about the, the animal that they're pouncing on? The devil has, is no regard of anybody. He doesn't care about you. People say, well, I'm going to enjoy my sin. The Bible says you can enjoy your sin for a season, for a short time. But then in the end, it's bitter, it's sad, it's terrible. The Lord wants to bring joy into your life. No matter what circumstances you're facing, no matter what hurts you're facing, no matter what problems you're facing, He wants to bring joy into your life. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Christians should be the most joyful people in the world, but sometimes they're the most depressive people. You ever ask somebody how they're doing and they really tell you? Oh, I'm sorry I asked. No, no, it's not like that all the time. I'm, I'm just saying, sometimes Christians can be the most downtrodden. Oh, you wouldn't believe I'm suffering for Jesus. I'm just going through a difficult time. We all are. Try living life without one eye. I can see you, but you're very blurry. One of these days, I'll have two eyes that see clearly. One of these days, you'll be able to not have the pain in the knee. Dave had problems with his knees in the last couple of weeks, and different people have problems with different things. Some of you have problems with your head. Some of us have problems with our teeth, and some of us have problems with aches and pains all through our body. And one of these days, we won't have to deal with that. Why? Because we'll be walking with Jesus, the great physician. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm sad to say that you won't, you won't be touched by the great physician. You'll be touched by infirmities, problems, difficulty, torment, fear. Fear hath torment. And the devil wants us to be confused, and he's not re to be regarded lightly, <clears throat> for on our own we are no match against him.
The devil will seek to hinder and stop your progress in any way possible. But there's an internal enemy also, the flesh. In verse number 16, the Bible says, I'll get over there. The Bible says this, For this I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Then he goes into the works of the flesh, which I'm not going to go through again, but the human body itself is not sinful. It's neutral. If the Holy Spirit controls the body, then we walk in the Spirit. But if the flesh controls the body, then we walk in the flesh. We walk in the lusts or the desires of the flesh. The flesh stands for the part of man's nature, wherein the natural desires have free reign. Everybody's doing it. What's the big deal? Who are you to tell me I can't? Yeah, we have an internal governor sitting on the throne of our heart called the Holy Spirit when we got saved. And sometimes we like to take him off and put ourselves there. We're going to do situation ethics. What's, what's best for me at the moment? Wait a minute. It's never wrong to do right. It's never wrong to choose to do right. It's always a choice. But people who are backslidden and water take the path of least resistance. And if we want to trust the Lord with our heart, then there's some tough decisions that we have to make. And we have to deny our flesh. We have to resist the devil. And he will flee from us. That's what the Bible says. Not my words. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. See, that's where we need to be, is drawing nigh to God. It's on the precipice. It's on like walking on a tightrope. Either way, we could fall. But you could fall into the mighty hand of God. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in Proverbs, that the righteous fall seven times and the Lord helps them up. The Lord is the one who helps us up. He doesn't leave us laying down. He doesn't leave us on our own. He gives us the Holy Spirit to walk alongside of us, to help us to guide us, to show us, to prevent us from doing things that we shouldn't do. But sometimes we like to block our ears. We know what's best. You ever see a child that says, la, 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 I'm not listening, la, 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 la. Put their fingers in their ears so you talk louder. Well, they got you trained, don't they? What we have to learn to do is say, Lord, use me, speak to me. Sometimes we feel like he's so far away. Where did he go? He didn't move. It's us that moved. It's us that moved. And so the Bible refers to this new nature as the new man. Paul explains it in the contrariness in verse number 17. The flesh lusteth against the spirit. See, you didn't want, the day you got saved, you didn't get rid, rid of your flesh. You have to deal with it every day. But you got a new spirit. You got his spirit that lives inside of you, that wants you to do what's right, that wants you to make right choices and right thinking. But the devil, he's sometimes overwhelming in what he wants us to do. And uh, we get persuaded to do things that we're not supposed to. But Paul said this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, 
but, it's, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, verse 21 says, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ died in vain. There's a contrast. And Paul gives us that contrast of the flesh and the spirit. God is drawing us to live in the spirit. But the devil and the flesh, our own natural fleshly desires, pull us away from godliness. You know, God wants us to live in the spirit, in our flesh. Well, that's where we are. We're not out of this world yet. And to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. The Holy Spirit won't be necessary in heaven as he is here. He won't be convicting us in heaven. Did you ever think about that? We're going to be in heaven. We're going to be having a great Mexican fiesta. The marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be a wonderful time when we get there. The church assembled in heaven. All people who have ever trusted Christ as Savior will be in heaven for one day. One day. Yeah, there's no night there, so it's going to be one day forever. What about our naps? What about, what about other things? We won't have the needs that we have here. Boy, I thank the Lord. I, I think uh, we need to live in, in bumper cars. I mean, we see all these different accidents that have happened, and, and it's our first snow of the year, and people don't realize, oh, this is slippery. You know, in heaven, we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I'll be on my cloud. You'll be on your cloud. We'll be with Jesus. It'll make all the difference in the world. Why shouldn't we live now as if he's with us now? Because he is. That contrast. And so he explains the fruit of the Spirit and the contrast between the works of the flesh and uh, works and fruit. It's not multiple fruits. We have grapes at home. We have nectarines. We have bananas. Oranges. Cutie oranges. That's for tootie. We've got fruits, different types of fruit. But the Bible says the fruit, not plural, but singular. The fruit is what? Love, joy, peace. It's one fruit with different characteristics. People say, well, I'm, I'm working on my love. No, you don't work on it. It's already been taken care of. He gives you. His spirit. And so um, it can never, uh, a machine in a factory, uh, it turns out a product, but it can never manufacture fruit. How is fruit made? It's grown, right? You invest some time, you plant. Our orchard is, well, it's poison sumac orchard now, but it's. At one time, I bought apples when I was a kid here, and this, and many of you have too, on this orchard at that little apple stand. Took somebody some effort to put some insecticide and, and to make sure they had bees to, I hate bees, but they had to have some bees to make sure they pollinated the trees. Did you know 
The same thing is true in our life. Those, those, that fruit has to be guarded. It has to be watched. It has to be nurtured. Because if not, the works of the flesh are going to overtake it. It's going to choke it out. Fruit must grow out of life. And in the case of the believer, it's the life of the Holy Spirit. But then, as we notice down in verse number 24 of our text, there's a conquest. Wherefore the law... Uh, sorry. Uh-huh. i got the wind up here. Uh, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Did you know provoking one another is a, a natural thing? You watch children. They like to provoke each other. The Bible tells us to provoke one another to good works. I'm not provoking you to good works. Well, that's what I'm doing today. I'm provoking you to serve the Lord. Not just provoking you for poking the bear. I'm not just provoking you for the sake of, aha. No, we're to provoke one another to good works, to godly behavior. And, uh, you know, the, the contra- uh, conquest is Romans 6, verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves also to be dead. Unto uh, indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The practical aspect must penetrate our lives. We must walk in the Spirit. We must keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not like Hitler's goose step march. Everybody's doing the same thing, marching the same way, marching to the same beat to the drum. No, we're all in a, Paul said we're in a race. We're in a race, but not everybody's at the same pace in the race. Everybody's at different levels. Some are just beginning their Christian race. Some are nearing the end. Like Paul said, I finished my course. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've henceforth is laid up for me a treasure. Something's laid up for him. But sometimes we forget we're in the same race together. See, it's not about a political race. And it really, I'm going to say it in a way, and I don't want you to be offended over it, it doesn't matter who's in charge as long as we're serving the Lord. It does matter in the grand scheme of things. God knows who's going to be in charge of this great country. But my job is to be a loyal subject no matter who's in charge. As long as lieth within you, live peaceably among all men. Isn't that what Paul said? And he was maligned, mistreated. He was abused, if you will. He could have cried, listen, I've been, I've been mistreated. You guys are doing it unfair. I'm a Roman citizen. They had to be very careful how they handled Paul. Why? Because Romans didn't treat other Romans the way they treated Paul. It was a very delicate matter. But I think God used him to stand before, as we learned in Sunday school this morning, uh, he stood before King Agrippa. What other way would he have been able to stand before the king unless he was a prisoner? You're your own defense lawyer. Paul, you're on the clock. Go. And he says, oh, king, 
And he began to give him his testimony, began to preach Jesus Christ unto him. And as you read the, the text, almost, King Agrippa says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Can you imagine? He missed heaven by 18 inches. He had the head knowledge about Jesus, but he didn't have the heart knowledge. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Boy, that's a good verse to know. Paul says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. You know what this involves? The word of God, prayer, worship, praise, service to the king. And something that's neglecting today is fellowship. We went through the whole summer without one measly fellowship. I miss it. I, I, I don't miss it this way. I miss our fellowship together. Last night, we would have had our harvest party. Oh, I kind of miss it. We fellowship with one another. We get together. And boy, it's like fear hath torment. Did you know the earth is groaning in travail? Earthquake just happened this week. Big earthquake. Oh, didn't the Bible talk about something like this? Earthquake in diverse places, different places? Yeah, Jesus is coming back. The earth is getting ready. Are you ready? Oh, we have so much to do. We have so much to accomplish. And the time is short. I was sitting, Buster was over my house visiting last night, yesterday. And the thought occurred to me. Buster's going to be all by himself if we leave. And I was thinking, who can we put Buster in charge of? Boy, all my friends are Christians. All my friends are saved that I know of. But if there's somebody left behind, they need to take care of Buster. I know you're going to volunteer. No, don't volunteer, please. Buster doesn't need anybody. He can take care of himself. But I was thinking about all the people that we've come across in our lifetime. And some of them have been false professors. And some of them have been true confessors. They've trusted the Lord as Savior. They stuck by the stuff thick and thin. They've been uh, riding with this COVID thing and trusting the Lord with the results. You know God's in control. You have to remind yourself, look in the mirror and keep saying it, God is in control. Nothing has ever slipped past his control. It slipped past ours, though. Boy, it's beyond our comprehension. We can't understand it. We're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. You know the secret to avoiding temptation and living the fruitful Christian life is simple. You've got to keep in step with the Spirit. You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit's leading. Sometimes we tune him out. We have one of these Alexa things that's listening to every conversation we have. I got an Echo and an Alexa. And sometimes we have to say, turn it down, Alexa. It'll, I have one in the office, and it'll probably listen to me. Turn it down five, Alexa, because we have to play Baby Shark every day at decibels that we can't even tell you about. You know, Buster likes it. That's right. But when we, when we talk to God, we don't have to yell to him. He's very near, and he can hear even if we say nothing in our heart of hearts. I've told you before about how I, I wished something, and I, I don't wish for things very often, and I, I just 
talked to the Lord silently, never verbalized it, and God gave it to me. You have not because you ask not. If my people which are called by my name. Yes, that was Israel, but I think the principle applies today. Pray without ceasing, Paul says. In everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God. We've got some big requests. Lord, what are we going to do? All these Hollywood figures that say, well, we're going to leave the country if so-and-so becomes president. They haven't yet. This is where their money is. They're not leaving the country. It's all talk. We haven't seen a big influx of people leave yet. And you know, one of these days we won't be in this location or in this world anymore. We're going to be out of this world. But until we get there, we need to be loyal subjects and we need to be walking in the Spirit in step with Him as the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Guide, the Paraclete as the Word is used, somebody that walks along beside you, that guides you, that shows you the pitfalls, that helps you. He may not verbalize it like I'm talking today, but He guides your heart. It's amazing. Where two or three are gathered in His name, there He's in the midst, the Bible says. And sometimes I'll never even, I'll just keep my mouth shut about something more often than not with my wife. I'll just keep my mouth shut and I'll say, I'm going to say something. No, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And then all of a sudden she says the very thing I was thinking on my heart. That's happening more frequently. I don't know if there's a symbol there. I don't know. They say that the older you get, if you have pets, you start looking like the pet or the pet looks like you. Well, my wife and I are starting to think alike. She knows how I'm thinking. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I never said it. Things are getting better at the home, though. I never met a meal I didn't like, so. But, you know, when we walk with the Lord, God has a way of showing us what his, the direction that we need to go. And we talked about uh, the backsliding heifer. Israel was like a backsliding heifer. We don't need to be the, going the backwards way or the wrong way when we walk with the Lord. We need to be, hold my hand, Jesus. I need your strength. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your uh, everything that you are to me to help me make choices and decisions in my life so I can be a, a, sh a light shining in a dark place. New England's known as the graveyard of preachers. I get reminded every once in a while about that. But yet here we are, 40 plus years later. Second preacher in this church. Boy, that's great. And the devil is fighting overtime. He doesn't take days off, and he's trying to cut corners, and he's trying to make things look good that are not good. Let me tell you, the devil doesn't rest. You've heard the phrase, the wicked, there's no rest for the wicked. Well, the devil doesn't rest. He doesn't take days off, doesn't take a holiday. One of his biggest holidays was yesterday. He loves death. He loves to glorify death and dying. There's nothing Christian about Halloween. I'm sorry to say it. It's all glorifying death and dying. Yet in this pandemic, it's amazing to me that Salem got shut down. Amazing. Even witches are subject to the COVID. God's in control. Nothing surprises him. 
and he allows things to happen so that we can give him glory. Someone said this, when a boat is in the water, there's no problem, but when the water's in the boat, you've got problems. It's all right for the Christian to be in the world, but it's not very good for the world to be in the Christian. I close with this little illustration of Charlie never learned to keep step. He was in the high school band for years. You can appreciate this as those that were in the band. Everyone tried to help him keep in step. The frustrated band conductor used to march right next to him and practices and other members of the band offered to help. But Charlie just couldn't do it. It's got to be quite a show every time the band performed. During the annual festivals, the band would march in downtown parade, and there was Charlie out of step, out of time. All the halftime marching for the football season featured the same comic mistake. Charlie couldn't keep in step. It's not like he didn't try. He was always attempting to do better. And sometimes he would skip along trying to keep and get back in step. Other times he would just hold his left foot high and hop on his right foot, trying to find the correct time to put down the left one. He never found it, though. He just didn't have a good sense of timing. In many ways, Charlie reminds us uh, of many believers trying to keep step and live the Christ-like life, the Spirit-filled life. They want to be in step, They just can't seem to pull themselves together. They hear the beat, and they try to imitate the band, but they just can't keep it. Perhaps if Charlie allowed the music to penetrate his mind beyond the technical aspects of marching, he would find the music beginning to manifest itself in his life. Naturally, he would keep in step. Perhaps if we would give up imitating what we think is the correct way to live and allowed the Spirit to flow and live through us, we would be much more victorious as Christians. I can kind of relate to Charlie. I was in accordion band. And um, there's 12 little kids over there on North Main Street carrying my big accordion. And she thanks the Lord that I don't play accordion. Although polka music's good, but no thank you. The only one out of sync was me. Preacher has no rhythm. That's why we don't clap in church as often, because I can't clap in time with Dan. So if you know anything about accordion, they have a button for the bellows on it. And I would just pretend to play. Not squeezing it in and out. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're just pretending to march to their own drum. And they're not really doing anything. And they're not, they're just going along and nodding their head. And there's no music being played. Hey, to live in the Spirit is a joyful Christian life. The Lord wants to take you onto places you've never been. Heights that you've never gone to but you've got to trust him for the first step. It's a mountain climb. It's a high way to heaven, not the other way. And when we get to where we're going, he's going to say this, well done, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over what I've trusted to your care. Come on in. I've got something else prepared for you. You mean our job's not done once we get to heaven? Nope. He's got other things for us. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it's going to be a sad day. He's going to say this, depart from me, I never knew you. Boy, it's one thing to know about God, to talk about God, and talk about God things, but not know him. Depart from me, I never knew you. Let's all stand with our heads bowed today. The greatest decision that you could ever make in your life, many of us have already made it, is trusting the Lord as our Savior.